Hey Slay, hey everyone, it's me, Nina, and I'm here with my best guy, Jay. And welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Hey, hey, Nina, you are killing it in that intro. We gotta keep everybody on their toes. Oh my goodness, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you're doing you're doing me great. <laughs> I have big shoes to fill, so I did rehearse that a couple times. But guys, isn't that so fun? Like this podcast, we're like switching it up a little bit. Like I'm going to be closing it out, so brace for impact. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> It'll be good. It will be Let's good. Do a great job. Oh, yeah. I have all the faith in you. Well, thank you. Same so, with you. Guess what? What? What do we have happening today? Oh, my gosh, everyone, buckle up. And if you don't have a seatbelt, get in your car because today, uh, if I can bring any words to the table, it would be this lady in my life has impacted my career, extremely impacted my career, has been a business coach of mine, has been a friend, has just been an uplifted person in my life. And I'm so honored that we get to bring on Nina Kobner of Passion Squared to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Welcome, Nina. Welcome. Thank you. I'm already crying, and it's not even like <laughs> I've only had like four words. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, Thank I'm you just so much. I'm just so happy because you know, like to me, I already know you're magical, and I know that you have an amazing you know, raving fan base, but like if people don't know you, like they have to, like you have truly impacted my career and I'm forever thankful for it, for your knowledge. You're an OG, you know, <laughs> slaying it. <laughs> and I'm just excited because I get to learn more about you. Mm. I haven't met you yet. I know. Isn't that crazy? And we're both Ninas. I know. And there's only a few Ninas. I know. But I we're do so I step on your lives every now and then. And I love it because you're always like, hi, Nina. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> hi, Nina. I love say saying hi, Nina. It's cool. Like, it's yeah. Like, just because, you know, growing up was like, there's no Ninas, you know? So right, right. I, you know, I love when they're, when I, when I come across another Nina. So. so I'm really excited to learn more about you and your journey and all of the greatness that you have to offer. And as you can see, we didn't waste any time because you know, we usually do a little intro. We like to do a little chat, but we're not going to waste any time. <laughs> I want you to share all of your goodness and all the things that you have going on. We're going to learn more about you, about your story and your truth. And so if you've been living under a rock and you don't know where to find, find Nina or you haven't been following her, why don't you gonna just give us your story? Just share a little bit about your journey and where you've been and where you come from and all the good stuff, business, personal, how you got into this. Like, I want to know everything. Well, I mean, everything. how many hours do we have? <laughs> much time as you need, girl. <laughs> well, I'm not living under a rock, but I am living under a rainbow here. In yes. <laughs> uh, wow. You know, uh, it's interesting because I, I talk, I give talks, I, I do lots of things and uh, sharing my story. It's sometimes really difficult because 
there's it, it i mean it's constantly changing obviously it's changed a lot in the last year as uh, i continue to to author it so how did i get here i mean like how deep should we go uh, this is all you so you just share and we I was along for the ride born in encino california which is not far from where Dave, where you work yes. at Larissa Love Salon. I am a uh, born valley girl, thus my language, <laughs> uh, particularly the word awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> For you youngins listening, go watch Valley Girl. Put it on your, I don't know if it's on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, but it'll explain a lot about my, about my upbringing. But I was um, I was a troubled child. I think that that's super relatable to a lot of people. A child of uh, lots of divorce and uncertainty and trauma and and all of that, and ultimately shaped me into who I am today. I had a passion very early on to go to beauty school to be a hairdresser, but like many people listening, that was not in my family's plans. Right. Um, even though my great grandmother was a celebrity hairdresser in Hollywood, like a real celebrity hairdresser, she worked on the um, at the studios. She owned a salon that's actually on Western, which is now kind of Koreatown ish in LA. But my grandparents were both doctors. My father was a doctor. My great uncle was a doctor. Like it was a very like go to college, be a doctor type family. And um, I barely graduated high school. So I certainly wasn't going to <laughs> be a doctor. I wanted to be, it's interesting. I just, I think it is, I think it, when I moved from Los Angeles to Oregon, I f- discovered a, pa- a paper that I wrote in high school, which I can't even believe I wrote a fucking paper. Uh, <laughs> but I discovered a paper and it was super deep. And I mean, if I was the teacher reading that paper, I would have called like 911, like therapy, 1-800-THERAPY, but they didn't. Uh, but I said in that paper, my, part of my future, I wanted to be a ski instructor wow. or, or a therapist. Wow. Yeah. Cause I will, I was an avid skier growing up. And at the time I was madly in love with a ski lift operator. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my whole life was going to be moving to Tahoe and happily ever after. Anyways, that didn't happen. Um, so, the, but the therapist thing was really interesting because I, I wrote in that paper, I want to be a therapist to help troubled children. Hello. Help trouble, troubled children that are dealing with abuse, addiction, and like divorce. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. So. Instead, I went to beauty school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like many of us, found the passion and, you know, finally found a place that I fit in and, and all that kind of stuff. And very early on in my career, like literally before I graduated beauty school, I became an educator for a brand. And within like six months, not only was I an educator for that brand, I became a brand manager for the distributor that was selling the brands in my area. Shout out to the original Davidson Beauty Supply. Davidson, I remember that. Maryland, yeah, yeah. So um, I was trained 
and mentored by the best. I mean, literally from day one. And whether it was the the people at Davidson Beauty Supply, which actually taught me how to use a Mac computer before like anyone had one. Right. Um, how to analyze sales and how to, you know, all, put on events and how to be a good public speaker and do sales meetings and how to manage educators. I mean, it's just like the best training, the best training in the world. But I was on the East Coast and, and I'm an LA, was an LA girl. Now I'm an Oregon girl. Uh, <laughs> but in 1991, uh, John Paul DeJoria, uh, Paul Mitchell, which, which is where I worked for 25 years, JB called and he's like, do you want to come back to LA? And I was like, hell yes. So he brought me back to LA and that began my career working for John Paul Mitchell Systems. And I started in sales and I was a regional sales director. And a few years in, JP's like, you want to come in in house and help us out a little bit with whatever? And I'm like, yes. You know, it was kind of like everything in the very early stages of my career and my life really was yes, yes, yes. But what happened is I, of course, my career was awesome. Everything was awesome, but I became such a workaholic and, um, and work was number one and it became my entire identity. And while I've always been optimistic, I've always been positive. I actually used to open sales meetings. I was just telling someone this the other day. Does anyone remember chicken soup for the soul? Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. So when I was like, okay, so I'm like, you can just totally see this too. It's so funny. When I was 20, 24, 25, cause that's around when this was happening. I would open every sales meeting with a story and a quote from chicken soup for the soul. I and, love it. And the salespeople would make fun of me and they would laugh at me and like tease me. And I'm like, uh, hello. Like I knew inspiration was going to become trendy someday, right. uh, but I was into it. You know what I mean? I had the crystals. I had, I mean, literally all that shit, but it was completely external. Like I had all the books and the crystals and you know, the candles, but in, I was not ready to do any inside work. I didn't even know I needed to do inside work. Uh, of course, fast forward to my forties. I learned that the reason why I didn't know is, is I have disassociative disorder, which means that I can very simply just, you know, remove myself from reality and from my body and all of that. But, um, I, you know, was the perfectionist workaholic for, um, 25 years. And in 2007, I had a major nervous breakdown, uh, which one energy healer told me to call a energy breakthrough. It felt like a fucking nervous breakdown. Right. And um, I was planning my suicide. And so I got so scared that I decided it was time to put myself into treatment. So in 2007, in March 2007, I entered a 35-day inpatient treatment program called The Meadows. I was very privileged. I had unlimited resources, money, insurances, and I was able to access literally, like I believe, one of the best um, treatment centers in the world, which I still to this day am so incredibly grateful for because it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much about myself and, and everything began to make sense as to why I suffered and struggled and why I lived in an alternative reality and, and why I was protecting myself with all the things that, that I was just trying to survive. And being able to go into old family systems and do a lot of forgiveness work, a lot of trauma work. I, I like many people, am, am a sexual abuse victim. I am, I, 
physical abuse, family shit. I mean, all of it, addiction, blah, blah, blah. So, um, so after I left the meadows, I'm like, I can't do my job anymore. Yeah. I gotta go. Like, I'm not, I, I don't know whoever that person was that walked into that treatment center. I walked out very different. And the difference was <laughs> I was awake and I was aware. And I actually had a conversation with somebody and I was like, going to be a lifer. You know, I, my life was set. Like I had all the money, all the cars, all the clothes, all the incentives to stay. And somebody said to me one day, you seem really different. Like it was bad. And it just hit me like, yeah, this isn't, this, I can't believe it, but I can't do this anymore. And so in 2009, actually September 30th, 2009 was my last day Wow! at John Paul Mitchell Systems. It's been 10 years and it was the absolute hardest, scariest, saddest uh, decision that, that, that I've, you know, probably ever made besides now moving to Oregon. I mean, that's a whole nother story, but uh, <laughs> then I was like, fuck, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> so during all this time, you know, I've been in nonstop therapy and nonstop energy healing work and nonstop still going inside and peeling back the layers. And, and so in 2011 ish, uh, my best friend, Gordon Miller, um, shout out Gordon Miller. He's the CEO. Love him. Oh, at Hair Brain. <laughs> Gordon and I both were very passionate about social media marketing and digital media. And we were just always talking about what's next and what's happening and, and all of that. And so we decided, why don't we just do something for the salon industry? Because I was never going to come back to the salon industry. I was so fucking over it. Right. And um, I just was like, fuck that. I'm like going to go, I don't know, save the world somewhere else. But, uh, so Gordon and I were talking and we're like, maybe we should do something together because the beauty industry could, you know, be so empowered by the social and digital revolution. And that's really how passion squared started. It really just was simply about social and digital marketing. And, um, that was in 2012 though. And everyone laughed at us. Nobody wanted to talk to us. Everyone told us Facebook was a fad. Um, and so it was fucking hard. I hope I win the award for the most fucks on this. You will. Hello. Yes. Let's go. Um, okay. So not, I'm not competitive by nature, but like this <laughs> is kind of a big deal to me. <laughs> so, so anyways, so it was a rough start. Let me tell you. And, um, in 2013, Gordon and I had a conscious uncoupling and he decided to move in a different direction. And I was like, okay, like moment of truth. My ego said, screw that. You know, like this is dumb. I don't want to do this anymore, whatever. But I had to get really still and, and, and really think about what my purpose was as an individual and, and the purpose of Passion Squared and, and what I had already worked so hard for in creating community and creating content and whatever. And so I just said, fuck it. I'm going to keep going. So I did a little, a little bit of repositioning with the brand, but it still to this day is all about empowerment and empowering people through the tools that they use in business and online specifically through brand development, but also personal empowerment because all the shit that I went through, I, I did I did realize, I did see very clearly that 
the path that I took and the, the story, you know, that I lived, um, one thing I knew for sure was that we could have all the workshops and all the Instagram posts and all the fucking quotes and all of that. But if our insides yep. aren't healed, it, none of that's going to matter. Like I'll get excited for a day. I'll go try to do a balayage or whatever. But if I don't understand how to practice healthy boundaries, if I have codependency issues, if I have unresolved trauma, um, you're just going to struggle so much. And I struggled for 42 fucking years before I began this journey. And um, I just turned 53 last week and I'm still going through it. You know, there's just so many layers to this. And so my, my commitment and my company's commitment is to do whatever it takes. Even if we could get just one individual to have a little bit more light, a little bit more joy, a little bit more clarity, a little bit less suffering, a little bit less anxiety and, um, you know, less codependency and less people pleasing and less perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, for however many breaths I have left on this planet, that's what I'm going to do. And so that's really what's brought me to this point of, um, people say I'm brave and courageous. You know, it's interesting how, how we see others, you know, I, I never thought of myself as that person. I never even thought I was entrepreneurial. I've always worked for somebody else. Um, owning a business is hard as fuck. Um, you know, it next year will be eight year. Uh, yeah. Eight years that passion squared has been in business. I am just like in awe every day of, um, what I get to do (laughs) and the people that, um, I get to work with. And so I am just a ball of gratitude every single day. It's what keeps me alive. And Keeps me going when shit gets hard, which is pretty much every day. I hope it was valuable to you. I want to (laughs) go back just a little bit. Um, Mm. And I want (laughs) to... Let's do it. A little bit. Because I, like many of the listeners that are tuning in today, can relate in so many ways when it comes to going through trauma and abuse and pain. Mm. And so... I also can relate to the workaholic because I was that same person. I have a a little bit of, there's similarities there that I hear from you when you're talking because for me, it was, that was my confident space was working, my business, you know, growing a team, right? That's where I felt good. But it also helped me not have to deal with the shit that I really should have been dealing with, Mm -hmm. which was internal. And so when you talked about and, and got to the point of, you know, your last straw and you were getting ready to check yourself into the rehab. Was that building and building and building for you? Did you feel things that were coming up in you that were kind of red flags? Like I better check myself. I better do this. Or did it literally just hit you like a ton of bricks and you're like, oh shit, I need to do something now. I'm just curious for you, for how that was for you. That's a really interesting question. You know, because, because I have disassociative disorder, it really did just hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. You know, hindsight, obviously, there's so much wisdom in, in hindsight. So, so there were a few episodes of panic attacks, hospitalizations, things like that, that never, I never connected the dots. You know, I never had anxiety. Like, I, like it was just like, oh, I'm exhausted or, you know, oh, whatever. But um, no, 
there there weren't any like it wasn't like a buildup. I mean, there were definitely times I remember um, I was had been out partying all night, and I used to do you know the party drugs, um, and I was looking in the mirror like it was literally like probably five in the morning. I was looking in the mirror and I was like, I couldn't see myself. Mm, That scared the fuck out of me. You know, Um, it was like one of those, like, where did you go? Like I was completely like lost, but because of my disassociative disorder and workaholism, I honestly like just was like, everything's great. And look at me and, you know, work, work, work and travel the world. And, you know, parties and Range Rovers and, you know, all that shit. So yeah. it's like, I, um, I appeared not to my closest friends, but yeah. to the, to the, to the general public, mm-hmm. uh, I appeared like I pretty much had my shit together. And a lot of people were shocked when I entered treatment, um, because I did so well at everything being okay. Cause I really thought everything was okay too. Like I, I was really fucked up. I mean, really fucked up. And, um, and so, but you know, again, you can go back to, I mean, I, I have read diaries. I've read like, like I said, that paper, um, that, that I had found it's disturbing. It really is disturbing. And thank God I have the tools now to understand all that. But like when I look back and, and just my, my life and, uh, my behavior and, um, the people that I spent time with and the situations that I was in and, the angst and the pain that I didn't really even know I had and all of the tools I used to mask that pain. Um, it just is, it's, I, I mean, I think one of the reasons why gratitude played such a huge role in my life is I can't fucking believe I'm here. Right. Like I just can't believe it. And, and so I know that obviously age has a lot to do with it, but even more than that, this is about, when I say I'm grateful, when I talk about the power of gratitude practices and, and I talk about that stuff, I'm saying it because every day, every day that I wake up and take a breath, I'm like, I, I okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm still here and um, there's a reason I'm here and, you know, I'm, I am so purpose driven. So it's like, all right. But it's hard because waking up is hard. Waking up, waking up to, to, to reality is difficult. It's still difficult for me, but, but once we have that awakening and that we get really honest with ourselves and we go through, um, the, that trauma work and begin forgiving ourselves and forgiving others and, and healing some of those deepest wounds, life actually gets harder. That's when my anxiety started, Mm, you know, that's when I, my panic attacks started. That's when all of that started. And, and so it's, I'm not at all saying like, oh, like this is so, you know, great. And like birds are chirping. No, it's harder to be awake. It's harder to be aware. It's just is. self-awareness is beautiful and gut-wrenching. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I feel like I can identify with that as well. And it's so crazy. Nina, Tulio and myself were talking about like that workaholic syndrome that is like disguising what's really happening in the background yeah. internally, what happened in the past. We're talking about it today. And I will say, and what I'm inspired through your story, 
knowing you, Nina, Tulio, and myself, and it's still a work in progress. It never disappears. And I found myself the last two weeks distracting myself because shit was real. Yeah. Right? I felt alone again. So I was like distracting myself with work and then going out. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck is up? Like I have to like recheck myself and get rebalanced and like just deal with myself and see myself for who I really am in this moment, right? And I feel like when we wake up, wake up and we see the people around us for who they really are, but not only that, the people we are inside, that kind of helps us navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone listening out there and you feel like you're living in this space, like I think you should speak up. I mean, it, it could be hard, but. Hard, but helpful. Helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speak up. Reach out to one of us. We've been there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, and what Brene Brown calls the square squad. I mean, we all need a little, a little squad of people and it could be one or two people that we can reach out to. Exactly. We're struggling. The, the, the challenge with that, and I actually just shared this on, on my podcast last week. The, the challenge with that is that for those of us that suffer from severe depression or depressional, you know, depression, is that a word? De- um, bouts of heavy depression. Uh, sometimes we just can't. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the scary part of this disease, you know, is that sometimes we just can't. Yes. So, um, if you're listening and that's you, we understand that also. Um, and uh, for those of you that think you have someone in your life that suffers from depression, they're probably not going to reach out. So you may want to just stay close. To oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I, it like, I'm just so honored that you're on my life. I actually had I know, I, I know. Actually, ah, I know. I it's it. so good. But we are going to do a little pivot because that's what we like. Oh. Talk like a clock. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, so to me, like, you know, Passion Squared is empowerment. It is brand development. And if anyone out there is not connected with Passion Squared, um, really wake up and get a part of it. <laughs> Nina Kovner did not tell me to say that, but I am in both and it's absolutely amazing. Um, moving into 2020, right? Yeah. Even though it's like really 2022, like that's where I'm at. I'm like, right. like two years from now, I'm like, let's go. Um, what are three like brand tips for 2020, like three top, you must be doing this right now, moving into uh, 2020. Well, my brand tips are for every year. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. never change. Yes. Um, I'm an OG when it, like, you know, when it comes <laughs> to that. And um, I don't jump on marketing trends. And my, yes. obviously clients at Fashion Squared know that. I stay true yep. to what I know works. And um, so, I mean, it's always going to be getting clear on your brand purpose, promise, and people, you know, and that's, that's what is kind of the foundation of, of what I believe in. It's what I practiced in my career as a VP of marketing for a global beauty brand. It's just always been 
what what I believe. And and so getting super clear on why why your business exists and hint that's not your personal purpose, it's your business purpose. Right. Um what your promise is to to your audience, uh, what that experience looks and feels like, could be how you deliver that experience. Yep. So purpose being what problem are you solving? Promise being how are you solving it? And then people, who are you solving it for? And getting really clear on who your audience is. And I'm not a persona person. I don't do like, she wears like Gucci. I don't give a fuck what she wears. Right. It's really more about um, feel. It's about values. It's about beliefs. And you could be 18 and you could be 53. You know, it doesn't matter. I don't really subscribe to any of those traditional marketing demographics. Um, But I do believe that you have to get really clear on what your audience values, what matters to them. I absolutely agree. You know, so I would say getting super clear on that. I would say the next thing is, and thank God, I feel like the world's finally coming back around, is authenticity. Yes. All so sick of the Photoshop, right? Same. Um, So, you know, that could be authenticity in how you capture um, content. It could be authenticity in your storytelling. It could be authenticity in just showing up. Yep. Um, and, and, and it doesn't mean TMI. It doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, tell us, you know, that you got pulled over this morning or whatever, but authenticity in, in, as it relates to brand story and what is of value to your audience. And then that would be the third thing is, is it's really just focus. It's social's been the same. I've been saying the same shit since <laughs> I could literally pull up every blog and just like repost it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. I, nothing's, nothing's changed, you know, but I I would say the third thing is, is get back to the focus on, on, on delivering value to your audience and not trying to play the comparison game and not try to play the look at me game. And it's just, it's so unfulfilling and it's so anxiety producing. And it's why people get pissed at Instagram or social media in general. It, you know, and it's hard to practice healthy boundaries in life. It's hard to practice healthy boundaries on social, but we right. only have so much time. And so if we're going to put time in, we, all we need to do is put time into focusing on our community, our audience, our people, and loving on them and adding value to them and solving problems for them. And I mean, that's, that's it. I love I'm it. Fired up, we took I, notes. Yes. And I, what I love <laughs> about this is that I am in a NS school and I have seen Nina live mm-hmm. twice, three times. Um, we did a class together I'm in Connecticut, but now I'm going through, right? Your top three things. And it's all the same. It's still relevant. You've been speaking that truth with passion's word since the beginning. And I'm so happy that it was that. I was like, I know it's coming in hot. Here we go. Right? Like I knew I mean that's what you do every day. I mean that look at yeah. In the moment I like me alone, like the moment I started being authentic to myself and not worrying about the noise, noise, producing the content that is close to my heart and what I thought I could like bring to the table through your support, Nina Kovner, it changed my world, changed my world because then people were now relatable to me. Right. Yeah. Because they were like, Oh, I fuck with that. 
Right. right. Totally. Or that they were confused. They're like, am I or what? What's happening? <laughs> People don't know what to connect with. And, and for, you know, everyone that talks about find your why, first of all, thank Simon Sinek when you say that. Second of all, <laughs> you know, what, what, what Simon Sinek talks about in, in, in start with why is that, you know, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And so, so when, when we think about the, as he shares in the book, the, the emotional driver behind the decisions that we make, that speaks to exactly that. Like I need to feel something I need to connect with you. And, and so the more clarity we have around that brand purpose, promise and people, the more we can make that emotional connection, the more deeply we can connect, build that relationship, which ultimately could turn into a referral revenue or, you know, whatever, oh, of course, whatever, whatever. Um, and so, you know, that, the, the, the biggest challenge I see and I've seen forever in the beauty industry is that there's this like follow the leader. Well, like so-and-so influencer is doing this. So I'm just going to copy what they're doing. The problem with that is that that's like asking for a formula with hair color. Like, right. It's not the formula. There's so many things that go into the fabric, the placement, the, you know, starting level, the dessert, whatever. I, I, okay. I just try to pull out some technical speech. I love it. <laughs> You killed it. The density, the fabric, the whatever. Um, but it's like, it's not the formula. You know what I mean? And so, so I'm like this local salon business and I see some influencer and I'm going to go copy their strategy. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't have the same objectives. You don't have the same audience. You don't have blah, blah, blah. And so that's why I want people to put those blinders on and just keep focused Yes. on their own objectives, their own brand, their own audience, because there's so much distraction and going in the wrong direction, like forever. And then like blaming the platform or like getting frustrated, feeling less than it's just, it's all fucked up. It's so fucked up. And, and so I just, that's like, I'm never going to stop talking about this shit. Because- Absolutely. Well, and it's, and it is, it is the truth. And so I want to get your take on this. Mm. This is so interesting to me because like you, we all live on Instagram, we live on Facebook and we are watching what hairstylists and salon owners are doing. So I want to know what you feel hairstylists are doing and getting wrong when it comes to communicating their brand on social media. What do you consistently see that is wrong or maybe a missing piece, something that they're missing in communicating their brand? (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good one. What's wrong when communicating the brand? Okay. So context is so difficult with, with podcasts or context is difficult in general. Context is whether we're talking about personal brand or business brand, obviously it's, it's different, but um, one of the biggest mistakes that I see made is not taking into consideration brand purpose, promise, and people because they don't have clarity because they don't understand. And so uh, there's just this random posting of like whatever, right? And it's like hashtag Bali. It's like it just like there's no connection, there's no audience, there's there's no plan. And so the whole reason why brand is the foundation of everything we do at Passion Squared is because without it. I don't know how to help you become a more powerful storyteller. I don't know how to help you build a strategy. I don't know how to help you with, with content creation or planning or, or anything like that. And, and it's also obviously brand stories, the foundation of your culture and your business. I mean, it just speaks to literally everything. So it's a lack of clarity around brand story that makes the content super random, super off purpose. Mm -hmm. 
and thus not effective. Yes. So that's when you hear the, the platform sucks. And it's like, well, <laughs> no, you know, I mean, the platforms aren't perfect. So let's, you know, be honest, but um, it's not the platform. And I don't care if it's Facebook or a podcast or Instagram or your e- email newsletter. Like, I don't care what it is. Like if there's no purpose and intent right. and value to the intended audience, then you are screwed. The other thing, again, when it comes to brand and what's wrong is that, you know, the, the thing I see actually the most, which is the most obvious and actually this most simple to fix is back to brand people. A lot of hairdressers are talking to each other and not to their audience. Mm -hmm. So they're like, I have so many hairdressers following me. Oh, really? Let's take a look at one of your posts. And then it's like, hashtag, I use 7G, 50 volume, and then, and it's like, what? Like, who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah, right. So the hairdressers get all geeked out because, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, let's talk, like, shop. But consumers are like, huh? Like, there's no, going back to start with why, there's no emotional connection to a potential client when you're spitting out a language they don't even understand and a story that is irrelevant to them that is not solving their problem um, and using hashtags trying to get attention from the trade media and whatever. I'm not against any of that. I'm just saying, no, your audience, it goes back to knowing your audience. And so if you are one of those people that is has the intention and one of your objectives for being on a platform is to build a local clientele and you are speaking to a consumer and you are clear on what they believe in, what they value, what problem you're solving for them, then speak to them. This is social. This is human to human. Speak to them. Don't speak to each other right. unless you are moving into influencer. If you're influencer, your audience has changed, right? So yes, now we pivot into back to who's the audience? What's the problem? Who are you selling for? But obviously the dialogue um, changes. So that, that is huge. That's, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. And I'm so happy you brought up about, you know, who are you speaking to? Because right now, and we've talked about this, Mm -hmm. that I'm rebuilding in LA. So Mm, you'll start seeing that my dialogue in my picture and videos are now roadmapped for guests because I see it right. Because now my educational influencer following is there. They're locked in. Please stay. Be patient with me. <laughs> please. <laughs> please say, I worked really hard with all of you. Growing with me. <laughs> um, but I, it's important to me that I build in Los Angeles. So my dialogue is now showcasing to the guest. I'm still doing hair videos, mm-hmm. but it's of now my language is saying, this is what you will need if you are a brunette first time coloring your hair. Right. This is why. Right. right. This is what I deliver in my experience. So like I'm showcasing it differently while remembering that I do have brand representations and I represent them. So it's like mixed in. But yeah, which is which is awesome because the other thing is, is that your audience changes. Yes. Redefine those quote unquote people in your audience. And there is an audience out there that values having their hair done by an influencer. Right. So that influencer content actually also helps right. the, the new, your new audience, your new LA audience connect with you because 
you are an influencer because you do create content and educate and, and lead in your space. So again, it still comes back to people though, but I've seen right. that and it's awesome and you're smart and you're amazing. So of course- I <laughs> love you so much. I love my two Nina's in my life, feel me? But my biggest thing is like, I, lo- I just love that you're allowed to adapt and evolve. Yes. And you should be woke on that, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Like- I have more what's wrong. You- <laughs> Uh, I, I have more what's wrong. With okay, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got so excited. I never get asked that question. I have a very long list. No. Yeah, do it again. No, it's true though. Um, these are just more my pet peeve what's wrongs. Um, I'm ready. Cli- client shaming. <gasps> oh. Amen. Yes. I mean, it, again, if we think about brand purpose, promise, and people, unless part of your brand story is shaming or snark, which there are brands that are snarky and that's okay. Right. If that's not your brand, then bashing clients on the, on the internet, on the socials is, is, is absolutely not only hurtful and low energy, um, it's, it's gross and it's yeah. mean and it's, and it's, it's, it's complete boundaryless behavior. And um, so stop it. Just stop it. Again, unless your brand is snark and that's okay, then obviously that works really well. And I know that this content comes from leaders in the industry or whatever. Fuck that. I don't yep. care who it comes from. You know what I mean? If you want to like text it to your friend, LOL, text away. If you want to do that. Because we all LOL on some shit, right? Right, yeah. But your, your content is your marketing. Your content is your marketing. Your content is your marketing. And so everything that you post, it better be purposeful, intentional, and it better be aligned back to that brand, purpose, promise, and people. Ooh, yes. Um, so that's a big one. And then I'll, I'll just do one more, and then I know this is a lot, but um, off-brand content. Off-brand content. So again, when you get clear on your brand story, then you understand, you know, what problem you're solving, how are you solving it, who are you solving it for, the value that you're delivering, uh, and then just doing like random reposts of shit that makes no sense, right? And that also is not aligned with your brand identity. So it's just lazy, yeah. You know, and I get it because I get it. <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> yeah. We all do it. And I just, I think it's just aware awareness. Like yeah. I know when I'm doing it, so it's like you know, yeah. Uh, but when you don't know that you're doing it, that to me is the problem. So right. it's just having that awareness that, you know, brand identity tells the story as, meant, as much as words do. So um, that brand, those colors, those fonts, that aesthetic are just as important as the story that's being told. They, in fact, many times help tell the story. And so um, just take the time. If it's important to you, you'll take the time. Take the time, use the tools. Um, and, and just make good shit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, we got to not be so late. Yeah. And stick to it. And I, I love yeah. the way you speak about branding. There's so much passion behind yes. it. I love it. I love it. I love yeah, I'm it. into it. So <laughs> with that being said, we want to know what is next for Nina, but also what is next for passion squared. So give us some mm. deets, fill us in on things that you have up and coming. And, um, we're all excited to know. Well, um, for, for Nina personally, Nina is on a wellness journey Love it. Uh, that I, I, I could become like a health coach. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I had some medical issues uh, over the summer that have moved me into an entire new way of, of, um, eating for, for inflammation. And it's actually like changed my fucking life. And wow. I was motivated to do it because 
um, I was potentially going to have to have neck surgery, which I still may have to have. But my surgeon said, no surgery because you're doing so well on your anti-inflammatory. And the only reason why I'm talking about it, I'm going to continue to talk about it is because it's also helped my depression. And so personally, I am on a very self-centered, selfish as fuck um, wellness journey to try to save my neck. (laughs) And in the process, um, hopefully lift some of that heaviness that is in inherently in my chemistry. Mm. And so far, usually fall is my most depressing time of the year. And we are, I'm not going to like say I'm through it yet, but it is October 15th. I haven't felt really dark in several months. And I'm going to actually cry even saying that because I can't even believe it. It's always such a hard time for me. And, um, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's just timing. I don't know. Like I believe a lot of the supplements and foods I'm eating, I think it has made a huge difference, but, um, you know, it's just so hard. And and I know for those that are listening, like to have those moments of light are just like such a gift. And I'm so fucking grateful. So, um, I'll probably be, you know, sharing a lot more of that content and bringing people into the fold that, um, can help again, that inside out work. It's super mm-hmm. on brand. Um, but I'm never going to bring anything to the table that I haven't personally experienced. And so it's only been 45 days, but it's like been life changing. And, um, Love it. so that could be something, you know, that, that comes, comes in, in the future, but, uh, on a, on a business, on a business side, I actually am hosting a retreat this weekend. Um, it on the Oregon coast. And, um, it's a healing retreat. I'm bringing in my, my energy healer from Los Angeles. Shout out to Nigel Sampson, who I've been working with for 12 years. And, um, he's one of my literal angels that helped save my life along with my therapist, Dr. Nancy. Um, but I am, you know, the, the, really the whole reason I decided to move to Oregon was because I had visited the Oregon coast and that was back in 2011 pre passion square passion square was just about to launch. And I said, I'm going to live there one day. I'm going to live there one day. So to be able to be hosting, not only living in Oregon, which is, I still can't believe it, but to be hosting a healing retreat on the Oregon coast, like is such a fucking pinch me moment. (laughs) And my intention is to host more of these Oregon coast retreats. Uh, I have a lot of cool people in my circle that are healers and wellness folks and obviously business folks. And I, I, I just, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I like to keep things small. And, and so I, my intention is after this weekend, after spending a few days in this house that we found on the coast that, um, I'll be booking some, retreats that are open to all people. Right now, we, it's just exclusively for our A-School members, which we've done the last two years. So Very cool. I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, you know, there's always shit going on, but I love it. Yeah. That's really like the big, that's the big like kind of like full circle alignment type thing is that I, I, I primarily, Passion Squared is an online business. I don't do a lot of face-to-face. And uh, so to be able to have these intimate um, gatherings that can have, you know, significant impact on people's insides, mm-hmm. that's, I dig that shit. So 
um, yeah, that's what's coming down the road. I love it. Thank you so much, Nina Kogner, the awesome as fuck leader of Asian <laughs> Square. <laughs> Talk about a full circle moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your lights, your love, your passion, your story with us on No Silos Left Behind. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Leo. I just think you are awesome as fuck too. And I love doing this and sharing these stories with everyone. And remember everyone to give us a follow. If you're not already on Instagram at it's Mr. Jay Ladner and my girl, Nina Tolio at Nina to Leo. And don't forget at passion squared, check it out as well. Passion squared.net for all your info on all her gigs. And if you take anything from listening to us today, it's to remember it's okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time.